What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. We've got the squad back together. How we're good, at full strength, baby. How good does it feel to just, when you were going to talk right off the bat, to know I have this <laughs> down, it's just habit. Unlike last week where we caught you off guard a little it, bit. It was, man. I feel like the the Portland Trailblazers right now. I know my role. I know yeah. where I need to be. There's chemistry Everyone's here. In, in, in position. I'm I think good, I feel man. best of all because Max is back, oh. and that means I don't have to try and <laughs> do All the pressure's off, man. Right. <laughs> Good to use your talents Max, they're supposed to be. say something to the people since you're back. They've so they missed know you. you're back. Uh, it's good to be back. I'm getting my bot back. I'm getting my bounce back. <laughs> I see what he did there, man. <laughs> all right. Let's get down to it. The uh, Portland Trailblazers have started to win some games. It's been fun. Uh, you know, the, this uh, Carmelo Anthony train has been really exciting uh, to witness here in Portland. Uh, people are just really embracing him. They're, they've fallen in love with him. Uh, arguably the biggest star they've had come in since Scottie Pippen. Yeah. yeah. Pretty fair. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and it's always even better when they're, they're winning games around here. Uh, people are digging the Blazers right now. Yeah, we talked last week. Wasn't one of the quest fan questions last week, like how long does the mellow honeymoon yeah. last? Yeah. And we tried to put a timetable on it. And I think Jer Jared or Orlando, one of you, I think, said like a month. Yeah. And, I mean, I gave it like another two weeks. And I'm thinking a month may not be enough now yeah. <laughs> with the way he's playing right now and yeah. the way, as you said, the fan base has totally embraced him. And he's embraced playing for this particular – for this team mm – -hmm this year and just being back in the NBA, like it has really provided a spark for this team and has been a turning point for them this season. This team is just so much more fun to watch now. And yeah, the wins help, but it's not just the wins. It's they're just playing a different, I don't know. It's almost seems like a different style of basketball. It's not something we've seen here in Portland for, for years where they have more than two or three offensive threats. And even last season when they had Nurkic, they still just had three guys you could rely on on offense, and now they have, you know, Carmelo Anthony, who's turned back the clock and is playing as well as he has in years. And Rodney Hood has continued yeah, to be Hood's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Hassan Whiteside has improved his play over the last week or two, so it seems to finally all be clicking for the yeah. Blazers after they went through hell for the first month of the season. Yeah, man, it's, it, it was reinvigorating. And even being at the Sacramento Kings game, there was a moment when Carmelo missed his shot, followed it, missed yeah. his putback, got it again, bullied his way to get that layup. And the Moda Center just went crazy. It was like the place came to life. And I had that moment where I looked up and said, this is hilarious seeing Carmelo Anthony here in <laughs> Portland. Like yeah. we joked about this for like two years. Yeah. And this is the reality of it. And in a lot of ways, he's helped to – maybe save the season in, to some extent yeah. with the way things have gone so far. Granted, if he had come either of the previous two seasons we talked about yeah. him coming to Portland, I can't say it would have gone as well as this. I think the timing of everything, Damon, CJ, the Blazers making that run to the Western Conference Finals last year, I think gave them respect league-wide and gave respect to someone like Melo, like, hey, we are really close. We don't need you to come in here 
and change this whole thing up. We have a good thing established here. And him being away from the league and just wanting to play again, I think all of that has made for what has been a very perfect marriage so far through about three weeks. And I thought it was interesting uh, to hear Carmelo talk over the past uh, week or so. And he's doing a ton of interviews right now from a lot of different places. And even talking to Jay Allen, uh, uh, Rip City Radio, who gets a, a chance to talk to them on a nightly basis, specifically on the road. And um, he said that there was an opportunity on Sunday where there wasn't a lot of media around, so there were only a few of them talking to him. And uh, Carmelo, he said, opened up a little more just about what he signed up for and him not really knowing what he was getting into when he went to Houston. Yeah. Mm. Whereas in Portland, he had a way better idea of what he was entering and what his role would be as opposed to, oh, I'm coming off the bench now? Like, what? Yeah. Whereas the Blazers gave him some specific, you know, instructions on what they were hoping to accomplish in this new, you know, agreement. And it's 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 been a fit. I think it's been that's, really cool. I think that's part of the reason, and I'm not justifying him being out of the league for a year because he shouldn't have been. But I think that's part of the reason he was out of the league for a year because I think after what happened in Houston, he and his team demanded that he had a specific role. And and like you said, that those specifics were laid out in advance. Mm -hmm. And for everything to fall in place the way it did in Portland to where it's just a perfect situation for him and the team – it's it's surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you needed a team as desperate as Portland because from everyone else, <laughs> yeah. everyone yeah. else, including the Blazers, when they went into the season and had the guys they expected to have, weren't interested in Melo because at the time his last two stops didn't go so well. Despite you know what we've seen in Portland through three weeks so far, he seems to be a great teammate and a guy players love to play with. But he still had that rep league-wide of maybe being a little too much to handle. And so you factored all that in. You're thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, he could be maybe our starting power forward or maybe a bench guy, but we have to go through all these hoops and ladders just to explain to him what we expect. I'm not going to go through all that. Yeah, you know, right. I don't need that. But you get a team like Portland who is desperate for a spark, desperate for some offensive output, and they were willing to go through those hoops and do that. And I think it's one of the reasons that it has started off so strong, this relationship. All right, guys, you know the drill. There's three questions. There's three answers because there's three of us. You can catch those on KGW.com. Question number one, what has impressed you the most about the Blazers over the past five games? Uh, I think I want to start because I want Nate to go first on question number two. Okay. Ooh. Let's go ahead. Go Ooh. start, Jared. I, I know where Jared's going that on question number two. That is a teaser. Number. That is a teaser. And I know exactly where he's going on question number two. But go ahead. Start us off with <laughs> I this love first this. one. I think that uh, you may expect me to talk about the rebounding because I've talked about the rebounding incessantly on this podcast uh, this season. Um, And I am impressed by what they've done rebounding the ball over the past five games. I mean, this was one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA before Carmelo Anthony got here. And over the past five games, they rank second in defensive rebounds per game and fourth in total rebounds per game. And I don't know what has changed. It's not just Carmelo. But something has changed. But that's not actually what has impressed me most. I wanted to point that out because they have been better. But I've been most impressed with their high-scoring balance on offense. Yeah. Um, what you saw last night against the Kings, C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, Hassan Whiteside, and Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony all scored 20 points or more. 
Wow. And that was the first time that that's happened for the Blazers, where four players scored 20 or more since the 2015 playoffs. And it happened in a loss against the Grizzlies. And it takes you back to, it was Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, who got those, it must have been off the bench or something, uh, Nick Batum and LaMarcus Aldridge. And it was in a loss. So it's been a long time since something like that has happened. But what's even more impressive to me is how close in these past five games the Blazers have been to doing that in multiple games. Yeah. Um, against the Thunder, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and Hassan Whiteside, they all scored more than 20. And Anthony was just, Mello was one point away. He had 19. Uh, against the Bulls, Lillard, McCollum, and Mello all scored more than 20. And Rodney Hood nearly joined them with 19 yep. points. Uh, Whiteside, he only had eight points in that game, but we'll forgive him because he yes. is on his way to you know a franchise record 10 blocks and 15 boards. That's not too shabby. No, no not too bad at all. I think that what you've seen with this team is adding one more high octane scorer in Carmelo Anthony is exactly what this offense needed. You've seen the way that it's not just that he's performing at a high level, which he absolutely is, but he demands attention from the defense. And that opens up things for everyone that he plays with. I mean, you see there's there's more freedom for CJ McCollum. You know, Rodney Hood is playing some of his best basketball of the season right now. Hassan Whiteside is absolutely playing his best basketball this season. And Damian Lillard, even though his scoring is down, he is playing the point like he's never played it before. And it's impressive to watch. So for me, I think the Blazers are on the verge of having kind of a poor man's version of a big four. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's not something that the Blazers have ever had. Mm -hmm. And... When you think about looking ahead to when Yusuf Nurkic comes back and thinking of a lineup with Lillard, McCollum, Hood, Mello, and Nurkic, and the way Nurkic operates in the pick and roll and finding cutters and finding you know, open shooters in the corners, I mean... Just think, Hassan a, Whiteside yeah, had awesome. seven assists right. last yeah. game. Can you imagine what Yusuf Nurkic does yeah. in those situations? Just based on Nurkic's elite, you know, passing skill set. Uh, Nurkic in this offense would be really fun to watch. I just mm-hmm. going a little bit off topic. I just wonder if we will ever get to see it because we have no idea yeah. what this Blazers roster right. is going to look like That's come true. the time Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> right. is actually able to play. Like we've months. gone, we've yeah. gone, we've already gone through so many roster and lineup changes that yeah. we haven't even gone to the point where we expect roster changes <laughs> for fair. the Blazers this they've, year. They've settled in for like a couple of days, and we're yeah. already pushing <laughs> to yeah. uh, change the lineup a little bit when yeah. Nurkic comes back. No kidding. Uh, I'm totally with Jared just on terms on the offensive production because the one thing, one of the things we had talked about when the Blazers were sputtering is not only was their defense bad, but their offense was league-wide average, which is not where we're used to this offense being. We're used to this offense being at least top ten, if not a top five offense in terms of uh, efficiency and offensive rating. And what have they done over these last five games? They've returned to being a top five offense in the NBA. Their offensive rating, 115. Uh, Their field goal percentage, third best in the NBA at 49%. Three-point percentage is 12th in the NBA at 37.7%. Those are things we're used to seeing from Blazers' offense in the past. But I think what they're doing now is we're not seeing as many guys have to contribute in order to get to that number. And you can argue that's a bad thing, but you can also argue it's a good thing because Portland's got four or five guys that every night, 
at least over these last five games, have consistently been high outputters on offense and can be high outputters night in and night out. And so for Portland, that's what I've been easily most impressed with. In addition, singularly with, I'm going to continue to talk about Mello because last week we were talking about, you know, can he, can 25 and eight or whatever he had against the Bulls in Chicago, can that be expected of him moving forward? And we were like, well, obviously he's not going to average 25. Mm -hmm. But one number we discussed was how about 18 points Mm -hmm. per game? Orlando and I were on the same page saying that seems a little high. No way, 18. Jared, you seem to think that it could potentially be a ceiling for him, 18 points per game. During these last five games, he's averaging 19 points per game. And so, granted, it's still a small sample size and mostly against bad teams, but I can't help but be impressed because this is not the mellow and the impact that we expected he would have on this team coming in. Western Conference Player of the Week. I mean, come <laughs> on. Wild, it, it, it's crazy. And so I'm still just uber impressed with him. And I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm getting closer to thinking maybe this is going to be the mellow the Blazers have for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. And if so, Neil Olshea, huge credit to him for making this move. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's – Carmelo Anthony is what impresses me most about, yeah. about yeah. all of this. Um it's still, you're taking a guy off the street yeah. that hasn't played in a year, inserting him into a starting lineup, and asking him to play 30 minutes per game. Yeah. And he's making an impact on this team. And it, It's just, this couldn't have gone any better so far No, for the Portland Trailblazers. Like, there's there have been some down games in between, but man, to, to have that type of impact from a guy, I don't know how you predict that. And so no. the Blazers, to see that, that foresight and for everyone to be on the same page and have this fit together collectively and things mesh all together, uh, that's hard to do. Yeah. And, to, and to get this so quickly on the right page um, on a lighter scale or a grander scale is the other thing I'm impressed about is they're winning games again. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like they're beating teams that they were supposed to yep. when uh, two weeks ago we didn't know what games they were supposed to win anymore. Well, we didn't, yeah, we now didn't I think can, there were any automatic Yeah, now anymore. I can at least look at the schedule again and say, hey, they've got a ton of home games against teams with below 500 records that I expect them to win. Absolutely. And after that Cleveland game, man, I didn't feel that way about this team. Uh, I was I was truly concerned about the way this season was going to go after that game. And I think Mello, just going back to the offense, because Jared talked about Damian Lillard, and I just want to hit yeah. on this a little bit more because of the fact, I mean, could you imagine the Blazers are 4-1 in the last five games and Damian Lillard's averaging 21.6 points per game? Could you imagine any time in the last four years that that would have been possible for the Blazers, regardless of the competition they were playing, that they could win four out of five with Dame only averaging 21.5 per game? Yeah, it helps CJ has been red hot. It helps Melo's been great. It helps, obviously, Hassan Whiteside has a better connection with Dame and his role of this offense than he has at any point through the season. But he's averaging eight assists per game, Damian Lillard. That's also a number we've never seen before so he's now making his impact more on the game than just scoring and hopefully for the Blazers there's a long game with this so we talked about earlier in the year all those stressful minutes he was putting on having to carry the Blazers and do all the scoring for them hopefully these last five games and maybe with this lineup moving forward you can continue to have less stressful minutes for Damian Lillard where you have like last night he doesn't seem to be doing that much and then all of a sudden bam bam he hits you with a couple big threes at the end of the game and game over I'm so glad you you brought that up that 
both of you brought up Damian Lillard because that's what I was thinking about in last night's game. Yeah. He was playing as a true point guard. Yeah. Like he had control of that game. And even though it was close for the majority of it, I was just waiting for his moment and it hit about the six minute mark and he just took over. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he had 10 assists. It, 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 it just felt like it was his game, and he was in control of it. And he didn't, he didn't need to score 35 or 40 no. to feel that way. And that's what, a, what you want to see out of your point guard. Do you know how many minutes he's averaging per game in the past five games? I didn't look this up, but I'm going to guess 31. 32. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I mean, it's just like you said, like whatever is going right now that's going right is allowing him and CJ mm-hmm. – to play fewer minutes, which is really important for this team if they want to continue to build towards the playoffs and have any chance of doing something in the playoffs. And those shots aren't coming up short from the logo. No. They're going in, man. Yep. They're going in now. And that, that's huge. All right, question number two. I've been waiting this for this. This is the teaser. We had to get through question one just to get to this one, man. I know, All Damian right. Lillard and Mellow talk, how dare we? <laughs> Sabotaging the pod, man. All right, number two, the Blazers have won four of five, and though they surely won't win 80% of their games going forward, do you expect the Blazers to sustain the improved level of play they've shown over the past five games? Has the team righted the ship? I think what this real question is, when Jared, because Jared came up with these two questions late last night after the Blazers win, uh, I think the real question is, has Nate jumped ship again? <laughs> I think this is the real question. Yeah, I, I for, 100% for question agree with two. that. That's how I should have wrote it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is Nate willing to jump ship again? And if the Blazers stay healthy, yes, they can sustain <laughs> this level of play. Yes, they have righted the ship. Yes, they will make the playoffs. And I'm back on board, baby. <laughs> Let's roll. Let's oh, do this. Oh, man. We have four months left. Let's finish strong. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> last week, Man, I, the he reason, was saving us a seat just the other day. So last week after he— Hey, I'm still keeping that boat close by. I'm not totally ditching it yet. <laughs> last week after Nate refused to jump ship, <laughs> we made a little fun of Nate on Twitter, and I put a <laughs> a gif of a <laughs> flipping pancakes yeah, on Twitter. flip-flop. And I think it really offended Nate. So oh, I'm glad it, it to triggered see it, man. You it were did. able to look I mean, past that and— I mean, right Orlando, choice. I know Jared remembers my response to the flip-flop <laughs> gift. Do you remember what my response was to Jared there on Twitter? It, was, uh, it definitely showed that I was offended. Because <laughs> I, asked, I, I, asked, I responded with a gift of my own with a big donut zero saying, Jared's rip it wins this year, which cold, we'll get man. to, is still zero, my friend. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think your gift was more offensive than mine. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably cut you a little deeper than mine did. It's just to the power of Max and rip it right there but no I'm back on board I'm back on board and the reason I was I didn't want to jump last week was because I didn't want to overreact to one game against Chicago and because I listed four or five things like they need these things to happen night in and night out for them to win games Mm -hmm. and for the most part over the last the four games they played since the first time they played Chicago those things have happened Melo has continued to be an offensive scoring threat for the Blazers Hassan Whiteside I'm not exactly sure what all has happened to make him play so well over these last five games, but ever since he returned to the starting lineup and this starting five is grouped together, he looks 
way more comfortable in the Blazers' offense than we had seen earlier in the season. Dame and him seem to be much more on the same page in terms of their pick and roll. They're putting the ball in Hassan's hands in order for him to make the correct reads and decisions on do you go to the basket or do you find the open shooter on either side of you? And it seems they're entrusting him more with that, and more and more, he seems to be making the right decisions with that. And we talked about Melo talked about how he seemed to have his bounce and bop back after the Chicago game. It seems to me, just by watching, it seems like Whiteside has his back, yeah, too. I agree. And that has just been a huge plus for the Blazers because my biggest question mark last week in terms of all the things I listed was I didn't believe you could get nightly consistent efforts out of Hassan Whiteside, and he's given them that over this five-game stretch. And if you can continue to have that and this dominant starting five that they have had, the bench is doing enough to keep them afloat right now just so the starters can get back in, continue to build a lead, or close the game out in the final few minutes of the game. And so if they can continue to do this, yes, this team has righted the ship, and they are a playoff team again. Now, are they the playoff team that they hope to be at the beginning of the year? No. I still think they're a, probably a 7 or an 8 seed right now in the Western Conference, which would mean an early playoff exit. But considering how dire things were two weeks ago, the fact that I now think that they probably are the seventh best team in the West right now. Is a remarkable quick turnaround. Whiteside deserves a lot of credit for the way that he's played recently. And even after the Sacramento game last night, uh, he admitted or, or, or talked about how this is the best he's felt all year. Right. So it's even a, a health thing with him. He's been pretty banged up. Yeah. And so that just adds to the flow and – um, how comfortable he's getting around his teammates. And there was a moment during the game where he got frustrated and he punched uh, I saw that. the, the yeah. side of the, the, what do they call it, the stanchion yeah. or, or whatever, the padding there. He punched it, and immediately CJ turned and, like, gave him the look yeah. like of a mad parent. Like, <laughs> don't do that. And then Melo was kind of like the guy in between that was like, <laughs> like, be cool. Like just chill. Like, da- like it was CJ like was the cop. mad. It was CJ like was cop, the mad, mad dad, and Melo came in as the proud mama. It was just like, just be a little bit smarter. Yes, and that's <laughs> and and you saw that. Yeah. So it, it, you saw that family dynamic that was going on with them, uh, where they know, hey, we need to deal with Hassan in a certain way in order for him to produce the way that he has, and um, that's a good sign to see that they know different ways to. Be there to support him, but let him know, hey, you, you've got to, you've got to act right. You've got to do certain things. So, but right now, he's he's getting it done. I think I like this question because it it allows us to still be optimistic mm-hmm. because we've been really, really optimistic. I mean, we yeah. have Melo's the greatest thing. I, that's I ever mean, we're happened. talking about a nine and thirteen basketball exactly. team right yeah. now. Yep. But so Max is laughing as I say that. If you look at what the so Blazers true, are doing right now over the past five games, they got beat handily by an elite team. Yes. They beat a couple mediocre teams in the Thunder and the Kings, and they beat one bad team twice in the Bulls. And so if that's what we're talking about, then yes, they, I I think that with this new roster and the way they're playing, I think they can absolutely do that. And that's a big deal because like you guys said, we didn't know what to expect from the Blazers earlier this season. I mean, seemingly they were losing to everybody. It didn't matter what team it was or how many players they had injured, the Blazers were losing games. But I think that they have so much more offensive fire and power and balance now that they can overwhelm less talented teams. Mm-hmm. And one of the Blazers' keys to success last season 
and really as they've been successful during the Stotts and Lillard era, is that they beat the bad teams. They beat mm-hmm. the teams they're they're supposed to. And they especially last season, that was so important and they, they were not doing that earlier this season. And I think that they can now start to do that the rest of the season. And I think that puts Portland in a good enough spot that they can be in the driver's seat for those final few playoff spots in the yeah. West. You look at them right now, they're one game behind the eighth-place Suns. They're two games behind the seventh-place Timberwolves. They're better than both those teams right And now. they're three games behind the sixth-place Utah Jazz, who are really, really playing bad basketball right now. Yeah, they've been reeling over the last week. Oh, you're, so, you're, you're going to get that fan base going? I just think that... <laughs> yeah, picking on, picking on the Jazz. It's again. happening again. <laughs> picking on the Jazz. Are the Blazers better than the Jazz right now, Jared? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go oh, there. I was hoping, yes. They're playing better basketball than the Jazz are right yeah. now, but whether they're a better team, I don't know. Um, but I think that they can absolutely challenge all those teams for up to the sixth seed. Okay. And I think they can do that, and then you see what, what happens at the trade deadline. You know, a little bit after that, hopefully they get Yusuf Nurkic back. And maybe a little bit after that, they get Zach Collins back, and then you go into the playoffs as a six seed or maybe even, you know, really stretching it, a five seed or something like that. And who knows? Because this team at full strength seems really scary to me. And so I think the future is really bright right now. So it's not only not only do I think they can sustain what they're doing right now, but I think you can build to something where they can really take a big step forward maybe later this season. I think we learned a lot about this team over the past week. Yeah. One, we learned they're nowhere near elite. Right. They got yeah. smacked by 20 against yep. the Clippers. But we also found out they're not as bad as we once thought they could be. Yes by beating the teams they were supposed to. And I thought they did it with somewhat of ease. I know it it's appeared close on the scoreboard for a while there with yeah. the back and forth, but it, it felt like a game that you were just waiting for them right. to take over I felt in the Sacramento. S- I felt the same way about the Bulls game here in Portland. Like mm-hmm. It was close, but never did I think the Bulls were actually going to beat the Blazers in mm-hmm. that game. And so I think that we've now learned a little more about this team and what it can be um, because it just felt like, they're going to lose a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking they're going to lose every game, man. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, maybe they'll steal one is yeah. what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, because yeah, I mean, they were losing. They lost the, they, to I mean, the Warriors. They, they, they to lost the to the Cavs. Warriors. They lost to the Cavs. They lost to the Pelicans. Yeah. yeah. And the Kings, when they were really struggling yeah. at the start of the season, because the Kings first seven games, Kings versus what they've been since Kings are two different teams. The yes. team they beat last night was much better than the team they lost to when they went down to Sacramento. So I think the reason why this pod is so optimistic at, nine and 13 is because one, it's not as bad as we thought they were going to be. And now it's like, well, if all of these things come together the way that they have, they have the potential to move up a lot sooner. Yeah. Then, and because Jared and I, we didn't count them out, even though uh, the man on my left did. And uh, we thought that they would figure I, this out. I think at Max least is two. the man on your left. <laughs> no, no, no. He's talking about you. <laughs> and, I, I, um, and we thought, you know what? They're going to write this ship. And a lot of that has to do with there's a lot of bad teams. There's yeah, a lot of bad yeah. teams out there it, that they can move up pretty quickly. And it's not going to take as many wins to make the playoffs this year as it would have in the past. You right. know, in the past couple of years, it took around 47 wins to get mm-hmm. that eight seed. This year, it's not going to, which is why they're only a game behind yeah. the Suns, who are the eight seed, and two games behind the Timberwolves, who are the seven seed. And we don't expect those teams to be much better than 500. Yeah. And so the gap, the, 
the gap the Blazers need to make up is not near as significant as it may have been a year or two ago. I thought question number two delivered. I'm glad that we were able to hear Nate flip-flop once again. I, I'm glad we're all on the same ship again, guys. So, I was, I was kind of lonely over yeah, there. Man. It, it, yeah. was, it was riding. It had yeah. some steam a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week, you weren't really on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> me and my you wanted off so me, bad. Me and my mashed potatoes <laughs> over there. So, you know, it's good to have Nate back. Um, I'm sure he'll leave us in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, like I said, yeah. I'm keeping it close by. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. All right, question number three. You guys know the drill. It's prediction time. The Blazers play three games before we record our next podcast. They host the Lakers, who are 19-3 and oh three on Friday. Unbelievable. The Thunder, 8-12 and 12 on Sunday, and the Knicks, 4-17 and 17 on Tuesday. Bring on the Knicks, baby! <laughs> which games do the Blazers win, and which games do they lose? Well, let's go back to how we've done so far this year. Uh, we all had a perfect week last week. Yep. We all said the Blazers would win the three games they won, and we all said they would lose to the Clippers. So, well done, gentlemen. Our second perfect week, the second time this year. Bravo. We all had a perfect week. Um, Orlando, you still have a one-game lead. You're 15-7 and seven overall. Jared and I are one game back at 14-8. and eight. Those are pretty nice looking on the season predictions. Imagine how great we would be talking about the Blazers if they had that record (laughs) right now. (laughs) I can't even imagine. So (laughs) let's go to the games this week. uh, I'll start off with this. They host the Lakers, and as we just talked about, while the Blazers are better, they're still, to me, obviously a tier or maybe even two tiers below the Clippers, the two Los Angeles teams. And the Lakers... They're not only 19-3, and three, they've won 10 games in a row on the road. So, yes, this game is at home in Portland, which you would think gives the Blazers a better shot. But I don't see how they beat the Lakers. Uh, Portland loses that one. And they beat the Thunder again and and the Knicks. Yeah, they, they win that one too. Two and one. Predictable again. I'm expecting another perfect week. Yeah. There's no way we're... No, we're, no we're one's picking, gonna go. No, one, Jared, I can't Jared, Jared, you pick him to beat the Lakers. We, I, I Jared can't and I talked about this yesterday, and Jared gave me a little bit of There's a hint no way that maybe there. he would pick Portland to beat the Lakers. Jared, Jared did Jared, you do it? Do it. All right, so I am picking the Blazers to beat the Thunder in the Knicks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I knew we couldn't do it. No, now, I knew we couldn't do it. I I want to pick the Blazers to beat the Lakers because, guys, the Blazers they need, they need a signature win. Yeah. That's, you know how many true. wins they have against teams with a winning record this season? One? Yep. The Mavericks. They beat the Mavericks way back on October 27th, the game that Zach Collins got hurt. Yep. The rest of their eight wins this season are against teams that have an average record of 7-14. and 14. All right. But that's like what the Blazers' record is. They're close <laughs> to it right now. <laughs> so they need, they need a signature win, and it's the Lakers coming into town, and it's at home, and you remember – the season opener last season when yes. LeBron came in and the Blazers took care of business and beat the Lakers. Not near as good of a team coming in, but yes. <laughs> the Lakers, they rank sixth in offense and fourth in defense, and I don't think Portland's ready to beat a team like that at this point. Oh. So I'm also going with a loss to the Lakers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, Jared, you let us down. I jump ship for you, and then Man. this is what you give me? I really, you can't even pick them to beat the rival? I really thought about it. I'd love to. I'd love to pick them to beat the Lakers, but I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I wanted to get reckless. Did, did you? <laughs> well, my question for you, Orlando, was did you pick them to lose to the Knicks? No, man. No, you is, weren't going that far? This, this is easy money. <laughs> okay. This week is easy money. Um, uh, very similar to last week, it just seems 
um, like a very predictable week based on uh, their recent performances and beating bad teams and losing to the good ones. And yep. so this seems like a pretty straightforward week and not one I'm willing to gamble on. I, yeah. I'll you're gamble. Not, you're I'll not willing gamble. to gamble that one game lead on not the yet. Knicks not or yet. the Lakers? I'll, I'll get reckless, though. Don't worry. I always okay. do. There, there, there are weeks where I just let it fly. But this isn't one of them. This one seems a little too easy. Uh, Two-in-one type of week. Yep. Well, guys, I'm tired of our questions. I Me think too. we may have some listener questions. You've got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> we got some more questions from the listeners out there. Thanks again to everyone who submitted a question to us. We appreciate you. First one's from Ben Finnegan. Ben says, hey, guys, after hearing Chris Weber talk about the Blazers' ISO offense all night against the Clippers, do you think he's onto something? Is it time for a few new wrinkles in the offense? I know Melo is still new, but he took the ISO style a little too seriously tonight. So, I mean, I I hear what Chris Webber is saying, but that's with the injuries and the players the Blazers have right now. Like, they've been – it wasn't like it was just the Clippers game that they were running ISO. They do this against everyone with the current starting five they have right now. And, yeah, against an elite defensive team like the Clippers, who are just better than the Blazers to start with, yeah, it didn't look so good. But it's who you are. If you're winning games this way and this is the team you have moving forward, just keep rolling with it. And, yeah, you're going to have tough nights. If the Blazers have nights where they're not shooting the ball, they're really going to struggle to win games. But when you don't have Yusuf Nurkic and you don't have Zach Collins – and, but you do have Mello, Rodney Hood, Dame, and CJ, of course you're going to be running some more ISO. And so I thought it was a little overblown during the broadcast. Yeah, it, it, it was blatant. I mean, it was – that offense was so stagnant in that game. Yeah, and in the I second can, half. In the second half. And I can understand where, where Weber was coming from because that's really when he let it rip was in the third quarter. Third, at the end, yeah. Yeah, and um, so I, I can understand that, but anyone who's watched – Terry Stotts' teams, uh, especially recently, like this is the style of play that that they have. And Jamie Goldberg with the Oregonian asked uh, Coach Stotts that pregame on Wednesday, and I mean it was a roundabout nice way of, of asking about you know the the lack of ball movement and um, you know being one of the worst teams in assists. And Stotts, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically was saying, "I've got to I've got to play to my guy's strengths." Right. Yeah. And these are the guys we have right now. And uh, this is what gives us the best chance to win. I mean, we talked about it past five games. They rank fourth in offense. So something's working. Listen, I mean, this ISO stuff is completely overblown. Mm -hmm. yeah. 10% of their plays on offense are ISO plays. Yeah. That's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And they're really good at ISO. You know, they're the best ISO scoring team in the NBA. S play so to like, your strength. Yeah, I mean, 10%. Yeah. Yep. I, I just I, I think it's completely overblown. It just it I can understand it visually when you're yeah, watching sure. it. Sure. Well, and I can under I can understand if we get to like the playoffs and say the Blazers are the seventh seed and they have to play the Clippers. Like, is if right, this that's is not the roster work. they're going to have moving forward and they're going to have to play a ton of ISO? Yeah, they're they're going to struggle and they'll lose that series in four or five against the Clippers. But like I said, the Clippers are just a better team right. than the Blazers. Right. Also, so I you know when when you're not facing competition that's obviously so much better than the team you have moving forward, like I think it's hard to criticize it when it's also been working. Mm -hmm. I also think really quick, that game was, I mean, Ben was right about that game. Like they didn't pass the ball a lot. It was a really, you know, stagnant night on offense. Um, but since in the past five games, 
they're averaging a lot more passes per game than they are for their season average, mm -hmm. except for that Clippers game, which they were real way down. But they're averaging like 260 passes a game in these five games, which is a lot more than they're averaging for the season. So I think you've seen it. I've seen it on the court. It seems like the ball is moving around more. Yeah, that's and quality stuff yeah. there, Jared. That's good stuff. Digging man. into passes per game. I like I that, love man. that. That's good. Woo. All right, next question from Kevin. You guys touched on this earlier. But his question is, is Melo's game affecting Damian Lillard's? Yes. Um, I can't tell. Maybe Kevin's just legitimately asking and wondering. I can't tell if there's a positive or a negative, you know, where he's coming from with this question. But, yes, it is affecting Damian Lillard's game. And I think, as we talked about, in a good way because mm -hmm. it's relieving pressure from him offensively. It's allowing him to kind of – we talked about – Dame likes to sit back and evaluate what's in front of him. Yeah. And now he has that opportunity to do it more than ever because of the fact that he actually finally has so many offensive weapons around him, which is what he's wanted for forever. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's positively affecting Dame's game right now. You're not having to rely on him scoring 35 a night to win. I agree. In the past five games, he's scoring less, but he has more assists. He's shooting better from the field, better from the three-point line, and he's playing fewer minutes. I think that if Melo's having any impact on Dame, it's it's a positive impact. Yeah. Yep, that's why he invited him to a Thanksgiving dinner, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. He said, thanks. He, I got legs now. He earned those mashed potatoes right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Thanks for the question, Kevin. That's a good one. Greg wants to know, is beating Sacramento the best we can do this year? <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I, I feel like Greg, like – <laughs> Greg may be the type of fan who, like, no matter what the Blazers do, he's just going to be unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it can't. I, I love I, the tone. I do, I too. It. It, hopefully, as Jared said, hopefully they can do better than beating Sacramento this year. As we discussed, they did beat Dallas earlier this year. Grant, that was before they've really taken off the way we have. They have, but yes, I think they will have better wins than Sacramento this year. Who knows? Maybe even Friday night against the Lakers, but probably <laughs> not. Beating Sacramento is a good start. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right, next up, this is from friend of the pod, Matthew, the Reverend Romulus. What up, Matthew? Yes. He says, hey, guys, my kids are tired of me getting all my questions answered on the podcast <laughs> and wanted me to submit a few of theirs. Oh, this is a kids-friendly cool. program. I love yep. it. I love it. I decided this was a perfect opportunity to email the show for the first time. Hope you enjoy the questions. All right, first one, this is from, uh, he just gave us the first letter of their name, from O, age six. Why were the Blazers losing all their games, and why are they winning all of them now? <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. question. Good question. Uh, and it's because they finally have a group of players who work together well and are talented enough for them to win these games, and they've also played uh, worse competition than what we saw moving forward, but I think it's mainly... They finally have a group of nine guys who work well together and are a talented group of nine players. And they're healthy. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. And they're rebounding the ball. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, next one from, from R, age 10. Is 10 blocks in a game something we should expect again from Hassan Whiteside this season, Ooh. or is this a one-time occurrence? I think you should expect it from CJ. I don't know about you guys. I'm waiting for the, I'm now waiting for the CJ ten block game after last night. He had uh, four early, man. He I was did. He was, he was be... on his way. He should have been. He should have been block hunting yep. last night. Uh, I think he could do it again this year. Uh, I I could see him flirting with ten mm -hmm. again this year, two, one, two, or maybe even three more times this year. So I'm gonna say more than a one time occurrence. I'm gonna say just the one time. Uh, I went back and looked at how many. 
you know, 10 game, uh, 10 block games he's had in his career since he became like a regular starter. So in the 2015-16 season, he had eight games Woo! where he blocked eight or more, three where he blocked 10 or more. That's flirting with 10, eight. But yeah. in the past four seasons, you know, 2016-17, zero. 2017-18, zero. Last season he had one, and this season he has one. So I think that this is probably as good as it gets as far as blocks. I mean, he did set a franchise record. Like it's hard, uh, to, it is, it's hard to match that. It is, you know? but I think he's being asked to do less with the Blazers than he was with the Heat. So I think that could invite a game or two where maybe he does kind of go block hunting a little bit. I hope so because that yeah. was fun. Yeah, it's it's a I think it's a one time thing as well, but uh, it would be fun to see it happen again, and maybe he gets that that triple double. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Terry, Terry Stotts has been joking around about that and. Uh, they want him to get it, and he almost got it with blocks, assists yesterday. Ten blocks it could be it, and I mean, what if he does it with just uh, blocks, assists, and, and rebounds? Well, now that would be something. Yeah, there. don't yeah. even need the points, man. Dude, point guard at seven one. <laughs> the other thing, I just realized this. The other thing going against me with that question is we don't know how long Hassan Whiteside will be a Blazer, so he may not have all season yeah, to get true. ten blocks as a Blazer. And then last question here from F, age thirteen. Is there a reason why Zach Collins is always scowling? <laughs> <laughs> I hey, love this one. You got to have your game face, right? Yeah. So, I, some guys are the tough guys. I think it's because he's still in some discomfort, man. I mean, we <laughs> finally saw him out of the sling yesterday. I think yep. I think he's still in a little bit of pain. And, you know, you're not always going to be smiling when you're in pain all the time. I'm going to go with that's the reason why. I think Zach has a beautiful smile. <laughs> he's just hiding it. Well, uh, F, this is such a good question that, I am going to bring back story time. Oh, oh, wow. A season two throwback here. Zach I'm Collins. taking a deep breath right now. This Whoa. is I'm not prepared for this. No. Zach Collins' dad, his name is Mike. Big guy. Played college very big, basketball. Very big guy. Was a bruiser. Just played very physical basketball. He told a story about one time when Zach was in high school and he played for Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. And they played against another elite school that had two elite prospects on it. And according to Mike, Zach just dominated in that game. And then, but he was talking trash all game long. And so after the game in the parking lot, someone from the other team came up to him and said, Hey, I like the way you play, but you got to tone it down. <laughs> and, and Mike's there with him and Mike gets in this person's face. Oh, and wow. then Zach pulls him back. He's like, come on, come on. And then Zach gets in the guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> He gets it from his dad. His dad once said about Zach, he's never backed down. He'll fight to the death for what he believes is right. He just doesn't care. He's going to fight for the team, and I know this sounds corny, but he's going to fight for Portland. And Zach blamed it on his dad. He said, he has the same no-back-down mentality. It's just the way he raised me and my sister to not back down to anyone regardless. He told us we deserve just as many opportunities as anyone, and that if someone comes for your stuff or tries to get at you, you have to go right back at them. And then if this is from, I, I'll give credit to Jason Quick. This is from an article from last season. Mike said that he remembered the way he talked to, because he coached Zach since he was like four. Yeah. And he said that we always talked about two things, make the guy next to you better. And when you're out on that court as a big man, you have to not only be willing to go after your guy, but also his family. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> That's a little extreme. Wow! I, th I think he's talking his basketball family. I don't know the, the other four on the court. Well, Mike said, "I know that sounds horrible, but that's the attitude you have to take." So wow. he learned it from his dad, and Zach is just a surly dude.
So that's why he always has a scowl. I love that so much. Wow. That was that was good stuff as usual, Jared. Story time always delivers. <laughs> wow, I liked I liked that little dose we got there, man. I kind of kind of missed it after I, everything last. I year. thought stuff like that was was all talk until I saw Zach out on the court as a Portland oh, yeah. Trailblazer, yeah. and he he truly is not scared. Yeah, like he gets in there. And he doesn't back down. No, what was it? The play, he does wasn't not. it the playoff series against the Pelicans yeah. when the Blazers got swept? Was it him and Rondo who got into it? Yeah, yeah he doesn't. And back then down. we remember the game against the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. Clay Thompson Clay, last season. Clay, yeah. Clay with the smile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great questions from the kids. Wonderful Thanks again, questions. Matthew. By the way, he says, "P.S. Everyone really missed wow. Max on the show." Oh no! I we did. Uh, wow. We did too. We agree. Wow. I take this as a threat. I feel like I'm losing <laughs> the love from Matthew's family. Yeah. I feel like they may have a new top dog yeah. in the household. I can't let this stand. Oh, man. You're, you're dropping in the I, rankings, man. I, I think I need a Rip It championship oh, to win their no. love over again. Wow, the insecurity just shining through. Um, I, I'm like Nate. I do it for the kids. I yep. uh, really appreciate you uh, submitting your questions. And there is actually one more question. Oh. Are we ready to rip it? Oh, yeah. Oh, he got me. It is so good to be back. It is good to have Preach. you back. We Preach. didn't know how to end last week's show without <laughs> ripping. We really struggled with it. I heard it was a bit of a struggle. Yes. Uh, we had no game last week. I was out of town for Thanksgiving. I just want to say how thankful I am for to everyone who listens to this podcast and who listens this far into the podcast. <laughs> yes. Because that means you obviously enjoy Rip It. Uh, yes. We all appreciate everybody out there. So thanks again. So let's refresh where we stand in the Rip It universe. Last time we Jared played, stands. well, last time Jeez. we played, Orlando, he took <laughs> home his first Rip It title of the yeah. season. Felt good, man. Felt Jared good. was pondering who to hate more, James Harden or Nate Hansen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's still pondering. Well, I now way. have a new question. <laughs> Given what the Rockets pulled this week, do you hate James Harden more or me more? Oh, man, definitely James Harden. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> We're going to fire up Your the DeLorean. Week. We're going to go way back in time to recap our Rip It game from November 21st. Oh, wow. Awesome. Oh, simpler time. It seems so long ago. I feel like I was five I, years younger. I really, really, really want to win this week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I, if I don't, Nate's just going to keep tormenting uh, me. I, I hope Jared in five minutes from now is shook <laughs> from how poor his Rip It performance was. I'm rooting for you, Jared. Come no, on. Man. See, Come on. it's always you two against me. It always goes down like this. Newcomer to the ship. <laughs> All right, well, here's where we start. We're going back to that Bucks game, oh, man. which was very surprising for many reasons. First question here, over under 12 points for Carmelo Anthony. All three of you went over. And this was an easy over. He scored 18 points nice. in the game against the Bucks. Well done, guys. We're all on the board to start off. No zeros this Set week. The tone. Set well the done, tone. Mello. Absolutely. Yeah, Next question, sure. same game. Over under 103.5 points for the Blazers. Mm. Orlando, you said there's just going to be a ton of garbage time, so you went over. Good, good call. Nate, Nate joined you on the over. Yeah, Jared, you it. went under. Oh, that is too bad, Jared. Oh, and this game man. surprised everybody. The, yeah. the Blazers Besides put, me and Orlando. Well, the Blazers <laughs> put up 129. Jeez. That's a lot of buckets. In the loss to the Bucks. I was way off. What did CJ have, like 38 or something? Yeah. 
Anyway, cooking. way over. Mm. We Wait. move now to the loss in Cleveland. Oh, the question Do we here. have to go back yeah. to that? I thought this was I thought a dark that's what day. The la- I thought I that's what the first 45 minutes of this podcast was for, is to mm-hmm. just completely wipe away that. that well, we got to revisit it one last oh. time. The question here, most rebounds, Kevin Love, Hassan oh, no. Whiteside, or Tristan Thompson? I think I may have got this. You, you might have. <laughs> Nate, you did get there. Yeah, baby! Oh, it was no, Tristan Thompson. Yes. Nate said Thompson, Thompson, and he was the only one of the three who played. <laughs> yep. Welcome. Are Jared, you flirting with perfection right I'm, now? I'm three for three to oh. start off. Jared, it's not looking so good <laughs> over Jared there. Jared smartly called for Kevin Love to have an audition for the Blazers, but he <laughs> was ruled out. Mm. He was auditioning with that nice suit. Orlando yep. took a gamble on Whiteside. He also was still not back yet. Mm. So We hadn't even talked about that when you made that pick, about whether he would play or not, and you mm. still went with him. Yeah. Had to mix it up. You did. Tristan, my boy. Next question. Blazers at Bulls. This was a win. The question was who scored the most points? Rodney Hood, Wendell Carter Jr., or Anthony Simons? Oh. We know who Nate picked because Simons was involved. He picked Simons. Jared, you went with Wendell Carter because he was on your fantasy team. Orlando, (laughs) just to be different, went with Rodney Hood. I think you got it. And Rodney Hood scored 16 points. Carter with 12, Simons with two. Yeah, that did. Uh, si- Anthony is uh, struggling right now. He's hitting, hitting a little bit of a wall, but he'll be back and yeah. better than ever. He will. Ah, oh, man, I'm still going to have a zero on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's now it's between not, me and Orlando yeah, here for this last question. The wild card question. Ooh, the wild card. And this question was, how many Blazers will score in double figures oh, no. against I, the Bulls? I struggled with this one, too. <laughs> Jared, you said four. Orlando agreed with four, and Nate, you waffled between three and five because you wanted to be different, and you settled on three. Oh, no, I should have gone the other way probably. <laughs> so against the Bulls, we had Damian Lillard yes. scoring in double figures with 13, C.J. McCollum with 21, Hassan Whiteside with 13, Carmelo Anthony with 25, hmm. Rodney Hood, as we talked about, with 16, and Scal. Wow, six. Putting up 12 points, six now Blazers feel- in double figures. Nobody gets it. Yeah, but you know who gets the win? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody, Jared. Because Max. Orlando and Jared tie, or Orlando and Nate, rather, tied no. with three out of five. I mean, the overall win. Oh, wait. You <laughs> oh, guys yeah. both oh. got three? Yeah, yeah, we both had three. Oh, I thought no you one. had two. No. No, we have a tie. Jared, you got one. Ties one out of five. Hey, one's better than zero, Jared. You're working your way up here. You know, three's a little bit away from one, but you'll get there someday. So it took us a while to recap that one, but no rip it, champion. Oh, no. I feel less bad about that. If it was five, I would have hit myself on the head. But at six, I would have never guessed six yes. to yeah, that was and so That was a shocker. And also, yeah, at was. the time we were doing that, we were still in, like, depressed Blazers mode when we made that pick. Yeah. So... Five double-figure scores was, seemed way too many. I was rooting for five because I, I was basically saying, mark my words, you're going to regret this. You yeah. went that's five. right. That's yeah. right. And I don't think any of any of you considered Anthony as a possible candidate for the double figures. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we did. I can't recall. Yeah, that. that's probably a no. See, I think that uh, I still feel okay because we've had so many ties on Rip It this season that yeah. we're still just one win for Nate, one win for Orlando, and I've got You're zero, right there. But you know, I can bring it well, right back well, yeah. right now. I yeah. have I have a you message can. for Matthew and the kids. I was close to getting you it this week. I'm going to do it now. This is where it happens. I'm coming with that Rip It champion. All right, here we go. Let's get to this week's game, and we are starting with Friday night's game against the Lakers. All right. 
First question here, which team will shoot a better three-point percentage in the game? Now, both these two teams are shooting around 36% from three on the season. So who's going to shoot it better? Orlando, let's start with you. What do you think? I'll take the home team. Let's do Portland. Jared? Uh, let's go with uh, Lakers. All right, Nate? Uh, well, I'm not siding with Jared, so <laughs> let's go with the Blazers here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> Same game. Which total will be greater? Points scored by the suddenly hot Kent Bazemore. Mm. He had 15 last night. He's averaging 12 and shooting over 50% in the last two games. So points scored by Bazemore or assists by LeBron James. Mm. Oh, this is a good question. Averaging about 11 assists a game. Leading the league, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. So what do you think, Nate? Oh, I got I got to go with my boy LeBron here. I'm always a LeBron guy. I had a feeling you would. Yeah, go Jared. With I'm gonna go with Bazemore. I mean, he might start if Rodney Hood's Achilles keeps him out. It's true. Tomorrow. Mm. I'm gonna gamble a little bit too. I'll take Kent Bazemore. I think LeBron is going to be sitting on the bench for a while in this game. I, oh, that's a good call. Oh, that's what he said. See, I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. Here's one thing to think about with Bays. What if he starts hitting shots? Yeah. It, Man. Well, he has in the last two yeah. games. But yeah. what if he keeps it up? Yeah, that was would that add? would add a complete – That's the guy we thought. They, yeah. That's the guy we thought he was going to be. It would be a great insurance policy for them in case one of their starters has a bad night. Right. All right, moving on to the Blazers versus the Thunder – little revenge game narrative for Carmelo Anthony here. Oh, that's yeah, right. Over under 19 and a half points for Anthony against his old team. Mm, that's tough. He's had four games this season with 20 or more points. He does it again. Orlando's going over. Nate, where are you going? I oh man, I want to go with Orlando. This is I, a good question. This, it, good this, question. this, this I'm gonna fun. go under though. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say he ends up like sixteen or eighteen. All right, Jared. Oh man, I want to go over, but I'm gonna go under. That okay. feels like a fifty-fifty question. Yeah, to it's me. such a good. That's a good number. When do they play the Rockets again? Like I want to see Melo yeah. against the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> like like him and James Harden may have the same usage rate in that oh, game. Oh yeah, they're be calling that, that. Oh, you want to see ISO ball? <laughs> yeah, you, you came to the right place, you're baby. Begin in that one. <laughs> well, the uh, revenge narrative continues because the Blazers are playing the Knicks next. Could be another revenge game for Melo. Over under. Two and a half three pointers for Carmelo Anthony against the Knicks. Attempts or makes? Makes. It's a lot of makes. He's got to make three for the over. I'm going to go with the under. I'm sorry, right. Melo. Jared? I'm also going to go with the under. Orlando? Let's have some fun this week. All right. He's shooting, <laughs> he's right. shooting his shot. Yep. He's, he's going over. We'll go over. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe during this like five game stretch where the Blazers have been winning, he's been making about one and a half and only taking about three during this stretch, which may be why he's been a little more successful in terms of shooting the ball. Fingers crossed that continues. Yep, yep. So I can beat Orlando. Three to the dome, baby. There you go. <laughs> All right, wild card question time. 
We're staying with the Knicks game. How many Blazers will score in double <laughs> figures against the Knicks? Oh, gosh. This is a true wild card question here. Orlando's putting, four. Up, putting up four. You're he's only sticking going with four? He's sticking with four. 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 All right, we locked it in. Jared, what are you saying? I'm close. Oh, man. <laughs> you gonna go six, Anybody going seven? I'm closer to six than I am yeah, four. Yeah. All right, Jared, what do you think? Uh, five. Nate? Yeah, Anthony Simons bounces back. Six. Six. Wow. Six. I love it. I love it. I love it, too. I mean, if the Blazers take care of business, you could get – you get the Scal, starter, Kent Bazemore. Yeah, the bench gets a lot more playing time. and Maybe Nasir Little will come in with a nice little 11-point performance oh, and sneak in. That's <laughs> easier than you think. <laughs> All right. It's good to be back. That wraps up another week of Rip It, and we will find out how you did yeah. All right. next week. Twitter handles, please. You can find me at Jared Cowley. That's what we're doing now for that. We're not even. We're just Twitter <laughs> handles, please. Yeah, at man. least at least you said please. Yeah. Uh, at nhands underscore kgw. Uh, you can find me at Max and Bar. And these these are also a great way for you to send us your questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Just hit us up on Twitter. Orlando, it's, what about it's you? Practical, as well. Orlando kgw on Twitter. What voice was that that you just said <laughs> that? Know, in? I don't know. I've but never was, heard that. I'm in. A, I'm in a it was very soothing. Place here. Yeah. You I got also... my rip it fix for the week. <laughs> you didn't even win. <laughs> yeah, but he That's got his how fix. powerful uh, rip oh, it he is. Needs, oh, he just needs man. the game. And Max, anytime he can get a win on rip it, I'm yep. here for it. It's I'm not game. happy about the tie for oh, the record. I, love I, wa- it. I want to give out titles here. Yes, oh, I, I, I want him to give titles to me. The questions well, are so good. I also told Jared before we record this podcast, I want him to have zero rip it <laughs> wins going into the new decade. So that's wow. how long I'm hoping this streak will Wow, last just here. an extremely negative way to end the podcast. Yes. I, I thought that was taking it a little too far. <laughs> yes. My Jared, feel, my feelings Jared, were damaged. Jared, Jared, I do. We, we do get along well. We actually do. We, we get along. I don't know if this I, is easily the meanest we are to each other on this podcast. That's why it's like uh, it's like Dame and Nurk. Like Dame can be really yeah. tough on Nurk because they're like best buds. That's like me and Jared, best buds. <laughs> well, I hope you guys keep up appearances because it makes for good um, <laughs> podcasts. So make sure to pick up the pod, subscribe, give us those five-star ratings, positive reviews. Haters, I still want you to subscribe. Do what you do. We'll be better next week. See you next time. Peace.